pull over, lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. Today there was a very quick, fast thunderstorm. Rain came pummeling down outside the window and it felt perfect. (laughs) It's been very hot. It was hot today. But also this storm, what I love about when, you know, when we can find things in nature that reflect back part of our humanity and part of our emotional landscape in the landscape, you know, so it was like, yes, I know that feeling (laughs) of, of the heat, of the pressure, and then of the release of the storm, of some chaos, of some inconvenience, of some mess, of some refreshment. (sighs) And weather is always happening, our emotions are always happening. So I welcome you to this episode and I want you to check in about what kind of weather is happening with your emotional system right now. How would you describe your feelings, your mood, your energy as weather, right? Is it a really easygoing day? Everything's great. It's lining up. The skies are clear. It's a perfect breeze. Everything's comfortable. Or is it something that's just like looming, stormy? It hasn't quite erupted yet, but the atmospheric pressure is around. Are you feeling something in your heart that needs release, is preparing to release, some kind of storm is brewing, you're not really sure if it's coming, you know, that kind of thing. Or maybe you're just, you know, in your own wild hurricane emotionally and things are flying around and maybe it's been like that for a while. The nice thing about weather and emotions is that it does pass, it does change. And even, you know, the storm has come through your heart and things are all over the place. I send you so much compassion. We have all been there. I know I have been there. And eventually the winds will slow and you can get some help picking up the things in your yard, gathering what's left, being grateful what's there, and with a clearing. So sometimes these clearings in our life these new openings, new opportunities that are so important, they uh, feel like they are forced upon us kind of like a storm. Do you know what I mean? You know, like sometimes we create the clearing and we're really excited about it. We feel very in control of our lives, very in control of our relationships. And sometimes it's not quite like that. And sometimes we feel... um, or we can see a storm coming on the horizon, right? In your life, uh, spoiler alert, I'm talking about breakups in this episode. So let's say the relationship is like, you're like, okay, it's looking dark. 
uh, dark clouds <laughs> over there. Maybe it'll pass. And it just keeps on getting closer, getting darker. And you're like, I think, I think we're just gonna, I think the storm is coming. I think this is happening. You know, you didn't order it. You didn't prefer it, but it's here. And it can be scary and it can be disorienting and it can damage the house. You know, it can like, you know, blow some shingles off. It can like, you know, treat, we had a storm here, I guess last week. And just so many tree branches were all over the place. Every street had sometimes entire trees down, branches everywhere, right? So it's not nothing. But then after that, there is this space. And it's hard to be comforted by that in the moment of the storm because we want certain trees to stay upright. I'm <laughs> being very cryptic. Okay. <laughs> uh, those of you who know me know... Um, I speak with a lot of imagery and if you've been following for some time or just listening a little bit here and there, you know I have been working on a book. Some of you know it's been like a decade in the making. This book is about breakups. It's called Crash Bloom. It is, yes, actually happening. Yes, it will be coming to you. I can't wait to release this book, celebrate it, and to be able to offer it to you. I'm very excited. Um, and if you perhaps have listened to the soft shoulder for a while now, you may have gone and listened to those. There was a series done in the, the first year, I think called, uh, the, on the houses of heartbreak. So the book is based off of those things. Although my editor has scrapped the house analogy. <laughs> so we're no longer using the house metaphor because I just have too many and it was just, you know, it was just, it was a bit much. <laughs> so anyways, but basically the content in those spaces, those are the chapters. Those are still the sections of the book. And I want to talk to you today about epiphanies that are unwanted, but so wonderful. You know, we don't always want to, we don't always want that storm uh, we don't always want an epiphany like, I don't think this relationship is serving me. I don't think this relationship is really honoring my relationship with myself. It's not good for me. You know, I'm not good for it. Um, and, you know, those kind of epiphanies are kind of beautiful. They can kind of come to you. You have this flash, but you might not want to accept that it's happening right away, you know. So... Um, I think in the last episode or two, I shared with you that there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I think I referred to it as a loss-a-palooza because there's many layers of loss and grief happening since March over here. And, you know, I just wanted to speak heart to heart, hop on here and share um, part of that story now that I feel ready to share it. Um, so I had this epiphany. Um, that the relationship I was in was over. And, you know, you can have the epiphany and, <laughs> and then it's not like you're just ready to jump in and take action. And it's like, not like, oh, we got the answer. Great. Sometimes these epiphanies come and they are heartbreaking. And sometimes they have been eluding us because we're just not ready to see it, just not ready to face it. Um, not ready to step up to all of the ways we know 
our courage is going to be called when you are ending a relationship, instigating it or otherwise. You know, there's going to be lots of things that you need to do, lots of conversations you need to have, boundaries you need to design with yourself. There may be lots of logistics and risk involved in, you know, your domestic situation, your housing, your finances, your parenting, all of this stuff, right? So I'm speaking to you. If you are in this place somewhere around pre-post epiphany of a relationship coming to an end, I would just want to reach out to you and say that it is okay for you to have that awareness for you to know a relationship is over and then take your time to get ready, take your time to process, accept, and set yourself up with so much love, so much compassion for this so that you feel ready for the next step when the next step comes. You don't have to immediately pull the trigger, take action. You don't have to do that. You know, I have had this in my life and I've had other friends, clients come to me where they have the epiphany that they're going to leave their marriage. They're going to leave their partnership, their relationship. And sometimes, depending on the circumstances, it could be even two years later that they actually are ready to take action for, for lots of reasons, you know. And there's no right or wrong way to do this. We are all human beings, flawed, trying our best. Sometimes our very best still hurts people and can cause some pain or some damage along the way, even then, you know? So compassion, as always, you know, that's my number one thing. You have to have that because, you know, (laughs) it's like there's just no way you can do this, you know, in a tidy, productive fashion. We're talking about hearts, commitment, lives getting untangled, things being, unru- you know, uh, is it derooted, unrooted? I'm, I'm looking at my plants right now. I'm picturing my hand inside there, pulling them up with the root ball. You know, something's get broken in the process. So I was having an epiphany like this. And then I listened to my horoscope from Chani Nicholas and who, if you don't know Chani Nicholas, I have a feeling a lot of you do, but if you don't, Uh, and you're into or interested in astrology, I would definitely check her out. Um, But in the horoscope, she asked a question that I then took upon myself as my journal prompt for the week. And it was, where do you have agency? And I don't know what it was about that question and about the timing and, you know, the stars, the planets aside, but just taking that at that time, there was a readiness. And I started with that sentence and I wrote more in three or four days than I have written in a very long time. And that epiphany was coming, the truth telling was coming. It was just this watershed facing of the truth. This is an intimate moment. If you've had this, it is such an intimate moment between you and you. This is a self-love like, oh, I'm like, my, my hand is on my heart. This is like you witnessing yourself, witnessing your own truth, being willing to say the uncomfortable thing to yourself first. That's where it has to start, dear listener. You have to start with you, right? Otherwise, you're going to be thinking about someone else, reacting to someone else, uh, framing your truth 
for the, you know, reception of someone else, you know, and you need to start first of knowing what your truth is before worrying about anyone else's feelings, before anyone else's opinion starts to kind of come into your brain and like change the perspective. What would you say if it was just you and you, if you were being really honest? So I want to offer you, I believe that often you will listen to this podcast, read a book, you know, be about in your life, and someone will say something that lands the way Chani's, you know, where do you have agency <laughs> line from the horoscope, the way it landed with me that day. So I want to offer some to you. You can take, borrow that one of where do you have agency in your life? This in question in particular really challenged me because I think, you know, in a lot of ways, you might be in a place of waiting a place of depending on someone else to decide what is happening for you in your life, uh, waiting for someone to figure something out, you know, and asking where do I have agency is a really interesting question, especially when there are legitimate limits imposed, you know, like lockdowns and COVID, okay, like that's a legitimate limit that a lot of us experienced. And yet, you can still ask yourself, where do I have agency? So, you know, I may not be leaving the house. I may not be able to go to the restaurants. I may not be able to visit with family or whatever the restrictions were. And what can you do? What do you have power over? It doesn't even have to be the actions, right? This could also be, and I think should start with, your thoughts. Your thoughts. You have agency over your thoughts. You can decide to be aware of what they are. You can decide to change the stories you're telling yourself. Do not underestimate that, please. So if you want to borrow that phrase, where do I have agency? Or a wonderful journal prompt that can get right to the heart of it anytime is, if I'm honest, dot, dot, dot. You know, just start there. The truth is, dot, dot, dot. What is the truth? Just repeat those lines, something like that, over and over. Start every sentence with those lines. And it's okay if you're not ready for a prompt like that. I, I don't do those things all the time. And when it's time, like, I feel like they come to me when I need them. And I, I get this voice from my inner beloved, if you will. And it's just like, okay, Danette, like... <laughs> It's time. It's time for that question. It's time to sit down. It's time for some truth telling. I am sending you tons of love. If the truth telling that is happening for you in your life right now is difficult. If it's scary and you're not really sure how you're going to, now that you've got this truth, what are you going to do? Give yourself the loving parameters of like, you don't have to do anything about it right now. Right now, it's just about the truth telling. It's just about being with the truth. You can try the truth on and not take any action, not make any change in your life. I am so big on permission giving and the constant reminders of that permission giving. Notice what comes up all the time. Notice what your, where your little limits are. I know I've spoken about this quite a bit here on the soft shoulder, right? But it's a practice that I am still doing um, and I will always be doing it. So 
soon, June actually, oh, it is June when I'm recording this. Okay. (laughs) So in a week, actually, will be my 21st self-marriage anniversary. I know. And it's like, I am so proud of this. And this has been very deep committed work of self-love and specifically of the commitment to honor myself first, to be my first person for 21 years. And like, it wasn't like it came out of nowhere. I was doing that work, building up to it beforehand, but at least 21 years, this has been a practice. And I'm sharing this because yes, I still practice giving myself permission. Yes, I still forget to give it to myself. Yes, I still withhold truth from myself sometimes to survive something until the time comes where I have the epiphany and I'm ready for the truth telling, you know. So why I'm saying this to you, dear listener, is because, you know, on your journey of self-love, wherever you are in it, one of the myths that I take a huge stand against and I just really want to make sure that you know It's not a destination. There's no arrival point in self-love, self-marriage, the ceremony, whatever. It's not like you get there and then you've fixed something. Usually what we think we're fixing is just our humanity. We don't need to fix that. You will still have heartbreak. You will still need permission. You will still betray yourself and then come back and need to forgive yourself no matter how many years. And the be- I love this work because, because it's never going to end. I love this work because there's always something new to learn and something new to love. So I get this opportunity to fall in love again and again as I am revealed through the act of loving myself and others. And this is what, for me, what self-marriage has been this beautiful container for this experiment, for this experience, you know, to know that I am holding that for myself and to remember that container while I'm in relationship with others. I also have huge dreams and desires for the kinds of experiences that can only happen in partnership with others. So I don't know if you've know that my my self-marriage is not monogamous, okay? So, you know, I am my primary person. And there is growth and experience that can only happen with others, you know? I'm I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. And there's this incredible dance of, you know, how do you hold both of those and how do they dance with one another? I feel like this is my life's work here. Um it is something that I coach on all the time. I will nerd on <laughs> out on it pretty much forever. <laughs> so, and if you're here, you're here for it. So I'm here for you. Um, by the way, if you are hearing this and you are just feeling like I'm talking right to you, I just updated my Calendly page. That's where you can go and book a call with me. Um, your first call with me, it's complimentary. This is just a call to see if coaching is with me is something that's right for you. And you can book anytime. You can go to RadicalCreativeSanctuary.com. And on the main page, it will be there at the bottom. Uh, It's also on the contact page. Um, You'll find it no problem. But if you're feeling like, oh my God, I just want to be alone with Jeanette and just talk about what's really going on here, um, we can. We can. So I'd love to hear from you. This episode 
and all episodes of The Soft Shoulder are done with such gratitude to Alison Tarr, alisontarr.com, if you are looking for a fabulous website, uh, a tech witch who is a feminist, who you can actually talk to like a human being. And if you want to watch her lovely hands deal tarot decks to music and hear her great permission giving rebellious ways of reading tarot, you can look up Tech Coven on YouTube. So let's get back to this book I've been writing forever. So, you know, the book started where I was going through the things, going through the breakup, crying on the floor, all the things, you know, and I would go to the library, go to the bookstore as part of my, um, um, my go-to is to, to look for books, to look for comfort answers in learning, right? So podcast books, etc. And so I would go there looking in the breakup book section, the relationship section. I couldn't find what I needed to hear. I had some feeling that there was something that I could read, that I could hear, that would put it into perspective, that would give me the permission I needed. I didn't have those words at the time. And... I felt like there was a lot of books, you know, a lot of great books, but they weren't for me. And so this book, like I think all great creative things and creative like businesses and healing practitioners, if you're one of those, right, usually comes from (laughs) I didn't get the help I needed, so I created it for someone else. So I didn't see the book I wanted. And then instead of I, I totally was bitching about it. I was just like complaining and being critical and not. I'm not particularly proud (laughs) of my righteous judgment that I did for a short while. And then it was like, okay, that's great. You can complain and point out how everyone else is, you know, not serving you or whatever. Or, Danette, you could write this book. So what is it that's missing? What is the table of contents that you wanted to see? What, What book would you have opened and immediately bought? Because you're like, oh my God, this is speaking to me. I want this, right? Some part of me knew that. And that was the beginning of Crash Bloom. It started off as, I thought, a blog post series and has evolved. And since then, so since that first moment of writing the book, of course, then I, oh, I fell so in love and didn't want to write about breakups because I was too busy being happy. And I was like, who cares? (laughs) I don't need this anymore. And then, of course, that relationship ended also. And I was so devastated by that. So I returned to this manuscript and what was so interesting was that um, some of the stuff still felt true and some of the stuff didn't this next breakup I was of course was experiencing differently because it was a different with a different person and also I was a different person if you are going through any breakup right now and you're noticing patterns I want to remind you so gently that you change you may be in in some kind of loop for sure. We all have these uh, relationship patterns and dynamics that need some unraveling, usually with some support, okay? So this is a normal human thing, but also you're not the same. You're not in the same place. Remember me talking about that upward spiral, like the Guggenheim in New York, you know, like you might feel like you're going in circles, but you are moving upwards. You aren't the same person. There are similarities, but you're not in the same place. It is really important that you picture yourself there, right? Because if you're telling yourself you're stuck, telling yourself you're in the same place, first of all, that's just not true because you were younger and the world was different and whatever. But 
it frames it in a way where you're you're telling yourself that you haven't grown. You're lying to yourself by saying you haven't grown, you haven't changed, time hasn't passed. That is not true, okay? So time has passed, you have learned. You might be more frustrated. <laughs> like you're like, oh my God, I'm, I did this thing again. I should have known better or whatever. But just be with that and be curious about it, okay? Oh my gosh, I've lost my train of thought. And now I'm picturing that train that like has a face on the front. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, the second breakup, right. So um, <laughs> hashtag concussion recovery. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, so, I, so I read the manuscript again and, and it was wonderful because there was parts of it that were like, oh dear, that's for your journal. That's not... <laughs> That doesn't need to be in a book. And then there was new insights that I got from this breakup. Even though there was some things that were similar, there was new things. And, um, you know, and then I, um, anyway, so this last relationship that I've been in is the longest one I have been in. And as I was finalizing the, the manuscript, getting it edited, like moving into the publishing phase finally after all this time, I was doing that from this perspective of, oh, breakups are behind me because I'm with this person. We are committed. We're planning a future, um, you know, and I was, you know, as you do, <laughs> not planning to have another breakup, right? Um, so all of these edits are happening and I, I signed with a company to help me publish it. So it all became official. I was just going, doing one last look through of this book when my relationship comes to an end. It's poetic. I know I'm starting to see it now. I knew at the time I'm like, it was a bit of an eye roll. I was not very pleased with how poetic this was. It was not welcome. Um, I'm making, you know, I'm, I'm speaking lightly of it. But of course, I was so devastated and heartbroken. And I am still processing um, all of those things and more now. It's still early days. So I got to read, I'm getting to read my book before it goes to you from exactly the place that I intended to give it to someone. In that early stage, the first section is shatter and shock. I was, even though I saw the storm, even though I knew that, you know, the weather was threatening, I still didn't really think that it was coming to an end. In fact, I had thought that the storm was clearing and I was starting to feel good and like, Hey, let's put the patio furniture back out. I think things are okay now. And then it wasn't, right? So here I was in this shatter shock place reading my own words <laughs> about that experience, getting permission from my past many selves over the last decade. And I'm really grateful for that experience. I'm not going to say I'm grateful for the breakup and all that, whatever. But what I mean is, I'm so grateful that I got to be so connected with the and so intimate with that experience of new breakup, especially of a long term partnership, um, right as I'm, you know, looking at this at this book and getting prepared to offer it to you, um, because it's important to me that it be as helpful as possible Um I really see this as a gift. It's a dream of mine. It's a gift for you. And here's some things 
that I noticed that I learned from this process so far. So, um, you know, here I am, right? Like 10 years after starting this book, you know, 20 years into the self-marriage thing. And this isn't like a sexy sell, but like the pain doesn't go away. <laughs> the, the, the challenges, the heartbreak, um, the things that you're, that you, that all of us are experiencing, right? Self-love doesn't fix it. Self-love doesn't cure it. You can go through a whole bunch of breakups. You can study it. You can read a book. You can write a book about it. And that doesn't mean that your heart is, you know, safe from ever breaking again. Because mine just did. And as I read through the pages, I noticed that like some of these things that used to really resonate, used to be really important in my heart healing process, they weren't as important anymore. And other things that I had forgotten I wrote about were so, like so important for me to hear. I'd forgotten how important it was for me to hear those things. I was so grateful to my past self for having written them from such an honest place. And every time I've circled back to this manuscript for personal reasons, you know, it's it's different every time. And the book itself is really structured as this a huge like hug of permission. There's a lot of practical guides in there. There are you know, I wanted to give voice to some of the things that I was experiencing and wanted room permission to grieve that wasn't really included in other things that I had found at the time. And especially to like just really feel shitty, frankly. Like I didn't want to be like, here's how you get over it and clean it up or whatever, you know. And um, it's poetic and playful. And, you know, everything that we do, I think, is an act of creation, our lives, obviously self-marriage, I see that way. That's why I named the program, The Art of Self-Marriage, our relationships with ourselves, others, and yes, even healing from a breakup. What if you saw that as a creative process? What if you allowed yourself the full range of experiencing that as a creative process, including pleasure, including, you know, uh, sensuality, including allowing it to be as rich with emotion as possible for as long as you would like it to be. There's no timeline on how much you should be crying or not crying or how fast you get back in the dating game or not or any of that. You know, it's a way of learning, being intimate with this art of healing your heart, right? So I'm in this with you. The pain doesn't go away, but the reason why I am so passionate about the work that I do and the things that I can help you with in your own breakthroughs around your relationship with you and self-love is that it's not that the pain goes away, but you become less afraid of it. You become less afraid of the pain of being human, having a human heart, getting hurt, forgetting to take care of yourself. You don't become perfect when you love yourself. It just gets a little bit less scary. It gets a little bit easier to trust that you will eventually come home. You will eventually remember to be gentle, to treat yourself well. 
you know, this breakup, I won't say too much about it, just out of respect for where I am in the process and of this other person. But it was excruciating on new levels um, that I hadn't experienced yet in other breakups and other relationships. And yet, at the same time, I wasn't as afraid to feel it fully. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid at all to feel it fully. Actually, the, the floodgates opened so, so much faster. And um, I knew that I would get through it. I knew what I needed to do. I knew that also it would be different because every, you know, every breakup is unique as much as we, you know, can bond and, and, and have similarities. I think it's important to see just like a work of art, what is special and unique and specific about this story can only be told once you, no one else, there's no other you, you are a miracle human being, right? your thoughts, your feelings, your ways about you. Whoever it is that you're seeing or we're seeing, an ex-partner, your current partner, whatever, same thing, miracle of a human being. The combination of the two of you can only happen that way through these two miracles coming together to make this third. And so that if that relationship then breaks or needs to go in its separate directions, it, I think, deserves to be grieved like a unique life. Yes, it's a common experience, but, you know, so is death. And I think you would agree with me that when somebody dies, we don't just chalk that up to, oh, that's just like this or that's just like these other deaths. No, we take time to really honor what was specifically unique and important about that one life. That's what I think is really at the heart of Crash Bloom as well, making space for that to be okay in whatever way that makes sense or whatever way that's helpful for you, but to really give yourself that room. So when something like this happens, like I said at the beginning with the storm, something ends, for a while there, there will be some space created. When something leaves your life, space opens up and that can be uncomfortable, you know? Um, there's that feeling that you get, um, humans get, um, that feeling of awe when we're kind of like, uh, occupying more space than we're used to, um, you know, like standing on the edge of like the Grand Canyon, right? It's like, oh boy, um, I don't, I don't quite know how to deal with this. And sometimes when, you know, your life changes in a breakup, someone's moving out or you're just, your routine is changing. You're not in a rhythm with this other person. It's like your time can suddenly open up in that way. If you are standing there now, I am standing there with you. And I want you to know that there is nothing you need to do. Absolutely nothing. Except be here. Breathe it in. Allow the tremble. Allow the fear. Allow anything that's coming up. I want you to approve of yourself completely right now. And know that you're allowed to just try this on, to just feel this, to take it in. And you can trust yourself to take action, to take care, 
when you're ready. I think it takes a lot of courage just to be here, just to face it, just to truth tell and not judge when it should have happened, when it should happen, how long it took you to get to this open space. Dear listener, there's so much available to you. I know this because there is so much available in your heart. And if you're ready for some truth telling, you can use those prompts. If I'm honest, the truth is, you can use that prompt I got from Chani Nicholas, where do I have agency? And if you'd rather not write in a journal right now, but you want to do some truth telling with me, go to RadicalCreativeSanctuary.com. On the main page, you will find a link to book a call with me. You can just tell me and we can begin standing, taking a look at this cliff, taking a look at this open space and finding a way through it that is different from any way you've gone through this before with love, with commitment, with your own back, with courage and all the permissions in the world. Dear listener, you are someone worth loving. It all starts with you. Take good care of you. We'll talk to you soon.